Hello. This is a new episode that feels like a an official episode. The last one was kind of like a a filler one. I mean, the one before that was definitely an official episode with Sam, but this is one where it's just me again. And uh <clears throat> I'm trying to get back into it. I don't know where my mouth should be right now cuz I'm recording this without a microphone or without my adapter microphone, whatever. But I'm I'm talking into the my MacBook and I'm doing it on Anchor. I typically do it through GarageBand, but it's not working for some reason. So making do. But yeah, how's everyone doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. I decided I'm I'm going to get high while I do this episode because, let's see, I don't recall getting high whenever I was doing this in Utah, and I feel like I made the most episodes in Utah, but I'm in Oregon where it's legal, and also I'm at a point where I don't think I give a shit anymore about like certain relatives listening to this. And thinking I'm being a delinquent by getting high. Like, if, if you still think of weed in that way, uh, like I don't know what to tell you anymore. Just grow up, I guess. Do a little bit of reading. Um, my day's over. And you know what? I'm not even going to justify why I'm getting high right now. I'm, I just, I'm getting high. And that's it. So, I have an interview tomorrow. Uh, I think it'll be my 11th one during my job search for software engineering. And uh, I, that 11 interviews still isn't a lot from what I've heard. There's a few people I connect with on LinkedIn that they didn't land a coding job until like their 35th interview. So we'll see how tomorrow goes. Um, it's a front end position. I'm happy for that. But I'm not going to talk about it because I talk about it too much. My mom will text me sometimes asking how the job search is going. And, uh, or just people will ask me. And I'm, I'm glad. Like, I appreciate that they, that they care enough to ask, even if they're just being nice. Uh, but I'm tired of talking about it. It's it's going. I, that's all I can tell you at this point. The job search is going. I don't I don't get why it helps to ask how it's going. Like it, it's it's happening. Like that's all I can tell you. If I'm still in the process of looking for a job, that's how that's going. It's not good or bad. It's just that's how that is. So, yeah. So, Mom, if you listen to this, stop asking, please. I just, there's so much I try to do every day. And coding is, like, the biggest part when I add uh, how many applications I send in a week and how much just coding and keeping my skills fresh 
I put in, and that's so many hours in the week, so many hours in the day. And yeah, it's nice to not talk about it. I'm, I know I'm talking about it now, but this is me just trying to work my way into a different conversation. I just, I'm trying to let my voice go wherever it goes. But yeah, it's been a while since I made like a solo podcast episode that will probably be more than 20 minutes. I'm reading this book right now called The Body Keeps the Score. And it's basically just talks about how trauma, how trauma works and how your body responds to trauma. You know, a lot of your trauma is manifested through your immune system and things like that. And uh, I'm reading a chapter on language and how it's important to express experiences through language. Uh, And I I like to think. I mentioned this before. I like to think that that is what this podcast is. I don't, I stopped kind of letting people know that I make a podcast and people can just find it. Uh, It's not a good marketing strategy, but it's, this is kind of my diary in a lot of ways, not necessarily for trauma. It could be, I may have a, one of those episodes. Maybe I already did. I can't even remember. But I think more clearly when I talk to either if I'm making an episode of this podcast or if I'm just talking alone, a lot of people write to express their feelings more clearly. I tried doing that. It's not something I can stick with. I would much rather just talk out loud. And they say to, you know, the, they say the best diet is the one you can stick with. And I like to think it translates into journaling, but instead of writing it down, I'm speaking out loud. So that's what this is. I was debating if I wanted to make this in podcast form or just outside, just in my bed talking to myself. Self-talk is, uh, it's something I haven't really done since Utah because after Utah, I went to Minnesota, I had this roommate and we seem to have the same schedule where we're just on our days off. We're kind of just there is, it was never a good time to just be talking to myself, especially if I'm trying to get like real personal with myself. Um, And after that, it was seven months of coding, like 12 hours a day. And I had no time for that, really. Maybe at night, but also at night, I just wanted to just turn my brain off and not think about anything. I just wanted to watch a movie or play a video game or just be completely out of my head for a while. So, and now I moved to Oregon and I kind of just got out of the habit of doing self-talk, but this is sort of me trying to get back into it. And yeah, I, I like it. I, I'm always in a good mood when I'm doing this. 
some there's some days where I can't think of anything and I'm kind of bored with it. So I just kind of stop and don't do it. But a lot of times, especially when I'm getting back into it, um, I have sessions with myself that feel very productive. And on a, on a really good session, I'll kind of form a new thought. And that's always super exciting. Because thoughts, like an original thought, I don't even know how to, how do you define having an original thought too, you know? Because like most of, if, if you're someone who really likes to think about things, you're probably reading about things as well. And like any sort of original thought was still sparked by someone else's thought. But I guess an original thought would kind of be like, so you read an opinion from Eric Hoffer and then an opinion from Yuval Harari, and then you kind of mash them together to make sense of it, to interpret it through your head, you know? Like you, you take these several ideas, kind of talking about the same subject, and you filter them in your brain, and then it gets interpreted by you to sort of make this new approach. And I, I, I guess that's what counts as an original thought. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. That's sort of how I'm thinking about it. But when I have sessions with myself, it's, um, that's how, you know, it's, it was a really good session. Um, yeah. Also, when I do the podcast and I go back and listen to it, I I hear all of my ums and my likes. And this is also training me to speak with less filler words involved. So maybe there will be a bit of silence. Because a lot of people, they fill the silence with, um... You know, but I'm trying to make it to just where it's just quiet in that moment, in that gap. Because they say you you shouldn't do that. (laughs) That's what they say. I was thinking about something a long time ago. It was during my boot camp. And I didn't really have a whole lot of time to flesh on it. Is that the word? Flesh out my idea? Flesh. No. Right? Whatever. I didn't have enough time to hash it out. It was just a thought I had in a moment because I was getting real irritated with this conversation that I was hearing. I was in the room, but I I wasn't in the conversation, I was just listening to it, and I was getting super annoyed, because these two individuals, it was, you know, like, it's weird with old people, because, like, I can meet an old person, 
by old I mean at least 60 and you know I, I'll like them for the first 20 minutes you know they have this very cartoony personality not all of them but this one in particular had this very cartoony personality and they were just super likable they were just kind of they, they would steal the show and it was fun to listen to them and what's it called but it got to a point where like religious opinions and political opinions started getting lumped into the conversation and that's generally where you start to get annoyed with people or you start to think differently about them and it sucks and you know there was that it was like a common saying at least back in the day before i was born where like and people are starting to bring it back now where you don't discuss religion or politics but people think it's more necessary than ever and uh but i digress yeah i was really enjoying the company of this one person <clears throat> but then gay marriage got lumped into the conversation and but then they just started getting like and these are two people at this point they just started getting super adamant about their boomer opinions on gay marriage. You know, like, one man, one woman. You know, the fucking the trite phrase that you hear all the time. And it's whatever. But it was making me annoyed. I wasn't offended or anything, because, you know, like, what do you expect at that point? Um, I wasn't annoyed, offended. I was just annoyed. Because, mainly because it's something I've heard that's the you know it's they all have the same argument in their quiver, and then I started thinking about this phrase called lazy opinions, like that that started showing up in my head, like this is a lazy opinion because, like okay, you can be against gay marriage, whatever we can have that disagreement, but where I start losing respect. For your opinion is when it comes from a place of like this is this was repeated to me as a kid and i'm repeating it now that's that's where the only arguments against gay marriage always come from this place of that's just how i was taught and that's where i started start getting really annoyed with certain ideas like like, I can't respect an opinion if even you yourself are admitting that this was passed down to me. This is just an, an idea. This is what it says in the Bible, yada, yada. But that's not enough of an opinion. It's not in-depth enough for me to, like, take it seriously. Like, if you... It would be interesting if you spent your whole life in favor of gay marriage and then at 30 or 40, now you're not. And that I would still dis I would disagree with you, but I would be super interested to know why that's the case. Like you went through because it, it's almost never that way. It's usually the other way where 
at first you're against gay marriage, but then you put a little reason to it and then, okay, uh, I'm, I'm okay with it now. Like that's mostly what happens with that subject, but it's almost never the opposite where you're pro marriage equality for the majority of your life. And then you just switch most likely when that does happen, they probably went religious, but I would still be interested to know what your thought is. I just realized I'm super high right now. So bear with me, but that, okay. That argument for weed against weed is sound. I can, it makes sense where I get too high and then now I can't think straight. Definitely, definitely. Okay. You get a point check, but I'll admit to it. But yeah, lazy opinions annoy the shit out of me. And I, I'm sure I have some lazy opinions of my own. I'm waiting for myself to realize that it is a lazy opinion when it comes up. Um, and then, then I can dissect it more. Like once I realize that this particular thought is lazy in my head, then I can learn to build on it and come to find that maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe I could be right. I could still think I'm right, but have better reasoning behind it. Excuse me. But yeah, a lazy opinion is basically something that it's a thought that was passed down to you. You never really put a second thought into it because it's just in your head. That's just, that's just what it is. That's just what you know. You know, there's a lot of things we hear as kids and we don't realize they're bullshit sometimes until we're like 40 or 50. And then you just think about it for a second. Like, wait, where did I hear this freaking Billy on the playground told me that when I was in second grade? And in my head, it just stuck in there as just knowledge. Like, oh, yeah, if you smoke the seeds in weed, you can't have babies, dude. Or some stupid shit. That wasn't a second grade. That was more like high school, but... What's, what's something else I heard as a kid? Like Marilyn Manson removed his ribs so he can suck his own dick or something. But then you just, you, you grow up thinking, yep, that, I heard that. I, did you hear that this happened? But maybe he did. I don't know. I never actually looked it up. But it's something I heard. Or that Megan Fox has a dick. Usually when you hear something in middle school, it it's usually about a dick. That's interesting. But where was I going with this? Lazy opinions. We, Yeah, like I was saying, I'm sure I have my own. But I can't think of any at the moment, mainly because I'm super high. And, uh, but also, you know, I don't, my brain, oftentimes, it doesn't want you to find the lazy opinion. Because you don't want to realize that maybe you're kind of stupid in certain areas. So your brain will actively ignore things that... How do I phrase this? Your brain... There's a lot of things we want to be true. 
mainly because not because it is true but because it's something we stuck with and it would be weird to go your whole to find out that you went your whole life thinking a certain way just to find out you're wrong you know i don't doubt that i have some of those but i'm i'm i would just need more time to actually think about it it usually shows up during a conversation where like i put in my two cents but then, then they ask why, you know, they'll ask you like, why is that? Why do you think that is? Or yeah. And that's where you realize like, oh shit, like, wait a second. I don't really know what I'm talking about here. This is just something maybe I heard some political pundit say. And I was like, okay, I, I agree with this guy on a lot of other stuff. So let me just take this and put it in my quiver. That happens a lot, and but it's super important to catch it, you know. And it's super easy to catch it too, right? You really just need someone to ask, like, why? Like, why do you think that? And that's usually all it takes. So maybe after this, when I when I'm continuing to talk to myself, I will start talking about something, and immediately ask myself why. Why do I think this way? And obviously that can get exhausting sometimes. And oftentimes you you do have a why. Like you know why you think a certain way, but you hardly have ever countered it. Like it's hard, hardly do our beliefs get challenged. And I think, okay, you have the why, but maybe someone sees it this way. But maybe someone sees it that way. And that's why conversations are important. But you do have to be willing to to risk being stupid. <laughs> to risk being ignorant and arrogant and a little prejudiced and narcissistic. You have to risk being willing to find that out about yourself. And... It's super important, but it's it's super uncomfortable as well. But you can usually measure the importance of something based off of how uncomfortable it is. The more it makes you cringe or just puts you in a, a nervous state, the more necessary it probably is. Obviously, that's not going to be the case for everything. Like... I shouldn't have used cringe. I should, I just nervous. Because <laughs> cringe oftentimes is like, like something you thought of in the past or something you said in the past and at the wrong time in the wrong place and you just think about it and start cringing. Like it's, I don't, I don't see any necessity in reminiscing on it except to learn from it. You know, like don't do that again. When that is said, don't say this, yada, yada. Um, but for the most part, if it's uncomfortable, it's necessary, not necessarily painful, not necessarily mainly painful, (laughs) mostly uncomfortable. Just, you find yourself uneasy, find the value in moving forward. And in this case, it's willing to 
not come off as smart as you originally thought. We we love to think we know it all. Even if logically we we know that we don't know it all. But emotionally, we still come across as it. And we don't even realize we're doing it. But, Jesus Christ, dude, I am super high. And I apologize, but I, I think I'm doing okay. We're about 25 minutes in, and we're doing okay. I'm going to turn the light on real quick. <laughs> There's still some light. It wasn't like I was just in the dark. That wasn't a fart. That was my chair. But what was I just talking about? Being uncomfortable, being nervous, and how it's important. And being willing to not look as smart as we originally thought. Yeah, logically, we know that we don't know everything. But emotionally, we're never in sync. It, oftentimes, your logic is never in sync with your emotions. Your emotions, probably 80% of the time, are running the show. And it's important to know that. And and I think for you to say that, no, no, logic is mostly running than emotions. I think that's an emotional response. Because for you to be so certain, you know, that probably traces back to your, your unwillingness to be incorrect. Or to be perceived as emotional. You know, like, a lot of people, when they hear the word emotion, they think of, like, crying or welling or something feminine which you know it's kind of fucked up uh but emotions are so much deeper than that and they're so much more nuanced than just crying or just yelling a lot of times it's just these little subtle remarks that we say and we don't even realize it is an emotional response, but it is. It, it leads back to some form of narcissism or self-interest. And uh, I don't know if I would be considered a pessimist. I like to think I'm more of a realist, but again, you know, that could be an emotional response <laughs> where I, I don't want to be perceived as a negative person. I just want to be perceived as someone who is, who tries to be objective as possible in the world. But I don't know if it's pessimistic or realistic to, to say that pretty much everyone is a narcissist. It's, it's a spectrum. And most of us are more narcissistic than we like to perceive ourselves. You know, we often will point to other people and acknowledge how narcissistic they are. But we hardly ever turn the tables on us. And I, I think an important practice is to, as soon as you make a judgment call, any sort of judgment call, as soon as you make an assessment on a person, I think it's super important to immediately reverse back to you and give yourself the same survey. Like, do I meet these criteria to be considered, you know, 
a five on the spectrum of narcissism. And, and the first rule you should give yourself whenever you turn the tables on you is automatically assume that you have, there's at least one point you can check off. Like most likely there's going to be something, there's going to be a judgment call you made towards someone that could be exactly pointed on to you. Like just assume that there's going to be at least one check whenever you do it to yourself. And, uh, it helps like it really helps to assume that because you do find something. If you tell yourself there is something there, you will find it. And that's not necessarily like your brain tricking you into thinking you act a certain way. Like, no, okay. Like there's evidence we can look back in a, in a time of our life and remember like a certain thing we did that would have someone point to us and call us a certain thing or say we behave a certain way. What the heck? My podcast recorder thing just turned red, which makes me think, oh, FYI, you can record for 30 minutes max. Oh, poop head. Heads up, you can record for up to 30 minutes in your web browser. If you'd like to record for longer, you can use any app on your computer and then upload the file. Okay, so what I'm going to do is stop recording once it's going to be done in about 30 seconds and then i'll just i'll re, I'll make a new one i'm not going to edit anything i'm just going to append this onto the next clip whatever the fuck you know what i'm saying god damn it i'm higher than draft nuts but i'm gonna run out the clock we're about seven minutes away give me a quick old picky second All right, see you in a sec. And we're back. So, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, just assume that any sort of narcissistic trait you put onto someone, you know, you got to ask yourself, is this me? Am I upset by this person because he reminds us of me? And, uh... And you get you get so much closer to how you really feel about something. And I think there's so much value in that. People often, like, I, I don't know if I would call it a criticism of me, but I have heard on several occasions, like, it has been pointed out that maybe I overanalyze sometimes. But... But the thing is, I don't know if it's made my life worse. That should be the only criteria to put, right? Like, has this over-analysis put me in a state of of being worse off than I was a year ago or two years ago? And obviously, you have to consider other factors that could possibly make your life worse. But generally, I feel like it's helped me become a better person, a better person in the sense that I know myself a little bit better now. Like I know why I'm casting certain judgment calls on someone and not, not to a T, but I'm closer to knowing the full, the full banana, man, what's the phrase? The, the whole enchilada as they would 
as some people call it. Uh, but obviously, you don't always get it right. We make shitty judgment calls. Mostly on ourselves. But I think it's super helpful to get better at that by realizing how often we judge others and not ourselves. And honestly, you don't you don't want to beat yourself up all the time either. You don't want to be the guy that just you call yourself a loser or you know, we know those people like why do you talk to yourself like this? You're not helping yourself at all. You're just you're conditioning your brain to just put you down all the time and it's going to put you in a down state the more you do that. So obviously I'm not talking about that. Like in a in a that's like that's like the the pendulum swinging all the other way, you know. There's people who say they're fucking amazing and there's nothing wrong with them, and everyone else is the fucking idiot. And then there's the people who go like, "I'm the fucking idiot, I'm the loser, I'm the everyone else is better than me," type of thing. So obviously, those are two extremes. I'm trying to get us in the middle, I'm trying to get myself in the middle. Sometimes I lean more to the right. Sometimes I lean more to the left. But it's the effort that I'm trying to count. The effort that every time I make a judgment call. And I've gotten pretty good at this at this point. Where, like, someone's just annoying the shit out of me. And I'm getting annoyed. (laughs) And I immediately, like, why why is this person, god damn it, like, in this setting, we're cool. In this other setting, I just want to fucking punch you in the forehead. But, okay, like, why is this happening? Oh, is is it? Is he trying to be the guy who's in charge? Is he trying to <clears throat> impress others around him? Is he trying to just make sure he looks better than me? Like, what? What do you like? What's your? Are 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 you just a better worker? Are you just better than me? Like there's there's these questions like which one and I and I try to go down each one. It's like okay, or let's assume you're just better at doing this than I am, so you you feel like you you're in a better position to make the shots. <coughs> so like okay, let's go let's go with that, and let's see how often, whenever you write off my idea, how similar your your idea is to mine and stuff like that but sometimes it can be exhausting but if you do that in a more you know a more modified way you can get at it and you can do it in kind of split seconds too like you don't have to be thinking about this for 20 minutes at a time sometimes you can just kind of get a piece of it every couple seconds And I think that's, as long as you're doing that, that's good. But never fully come to a conclusion without more data, you know. There's always going to be something to lean your decision one way or the other. But, yeah. And again, this is sort of a thought that I'm working on still. I haven't really had time to think about it as much. Like this method of approaching your own narcissism. Like it's, it's one method. I haven't read it anywhere, but it's just the thought I had when I'm like, 
maybe I did read it somewhere, but I'm I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> like maybe this is the narcissism talking. Maybe like I blocked out the part where I learned it from someone else. I'm trying to take credit for it. Kind of like Cartman when when Jimmy comes up with the fish sticks joke, but in his head it was like him and then Jimmy was just there. <laughs> he was there to support Cartman. Maybe it's something like that. Um but but in my head, it's just a thought I had, like a little exercise that I thought of. And but I'm still trying to flesh it out. Like this is me fleshing it out. So maybe there's a few kinks I need to work on. I'm sure I've heard that somewhere else. Like when you make a judgment call, like he who is not without sin cast the first stone. You know, that's sort of what that is. So and but I interpreted it in my own little John way. But yeah, that's sort of what I, what what's on my head. I'm super high. I kind of forgot what I've been talking about. I know I mentioned lazy opinions and narcissism, basically. Emotions overall. Emotions are super important. Like we like humans made it this far first by having a, a good amount of logic uh but also our emotions i think humans made it this far by having enough logic to kind of direct our emotions or manipulate them in a way like yuval harari talks about like humans are the only ones who can tell stories and the fact that we can even tell stories and put the words together and we all interpret it interpret like a subject in a different way so we describe it differently you know the fact that we can do all this like that's a lot of logic and intelligence that a lot of animals just don't have but the stories we tell with those words and with those interpretations that's where the emotions come in, you know, like there's a man in the sky and if you pray to him, good things happen. And if you disobey him, really fucking bad things happen. You know, that's a very emotional thing to say. And so it, it's our, our logic is sort of, I want to, I want to say this in a, in a very smart way. <clears throat> it's. I guess it's our logic steering our emotions. It's it's our logic helps us articulate our emotions, I guess. Like when someone says, there's a man in the sky, if you obey him, good things happen. If you disobey, bad things happen. That's basically saying, no, wait, that's not saying. When you die <laughs> and you've been good, you will go to this place called heaven. When you die and you've been bad, you go to this place called hell. That's basically like an emotional reaction to not wanting to die. You know, like heaven is a, is a, like a one draft attempt at trying to live forever. You know, that's our way of re reassuring ourselves that when we die, we don't actually die. It's the first attempt to become immortal. I think that's what 
where religion comes from. It came from a time when we didn't have many words to describe it. We didn't have much science to describe it, to inform us on these emotions. <clears throat> so what we had was our imagination and our interpretation of the world. You know, we, we had enough data at the time to know that, okay, people die, people get killed. People will grow old and just stop breathing. And it happens so much that we're able to acknowledge it. Like, okay, this shit happens. And they don't come back. And that's spooky. That's a scary thing to realize. Because it happens to everyone. There's no reason that it wouldn't happen to you. And we know that. Like, even on, a, an, emotion, on an emotional level, we know that there's no reason that it wouldn't happen to us. I mean, kind of. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm going to draw that back a little bit. Because we don't always behave in that way. You know, we do tend to take days for granted and stuff like that. But it's, it's very easy to have a wake-up call than most other things in life. Like when death is involved, it's super easy to have a wake-up call. And uh, so, yeah. Where was I going with this? So whenever you think... <laughs> Whenever you have an awareness that you could die any day, um, how do you resolve that? How do you how do you make sure that it's still going to be okay? And one of the first attempts at that is heaven. The idea of heaven. It's beautiful. Like, fuck yeah, like, why not? Like, why wouldn't I want to go to a place called heaven? But, yeah... Man, I feel like I just had another thought that I could went with this, but uh, my my being high let me down. Maybe I shouldn't get high during this podcast. Man, I, I immediately redact everything. No. But, yeah. And whenever I die, you know, I'm someone who doesn't believe in God. I'm someone who, I'll I'll, I'll tell people I'm agnostic, which I guess I am. You know, like, I don't completely rule it out like okay sure i don't know if god i can't prove he doesn't exist whatever so okay technically i don't know but i lean i go with the side of i don't believe in it so but even me who tries to see the world as as real as it is you know maybe not as rationally as it is but I don't know if those are the same things like realism and rationalism, rationality. I don't know if those are kind of the same term, but I think they're kind of different. But for someone who tries to see the world as it is, I don't doubt that when if someone's like holding a gun to my head or I'm about if I know my plane is falling and it's going to crash in the, into a mountain soon, I don't doubt I'd be that guy to have a last ditch effort to make it into heaven. <laughs> you know those things I said about you for the last 50 years? Uh, yeah, um, I was joking. You know, and I'll probably be praying to, to Yahweh, to Allah, to fucking Thor. I don't know. And the rest, it's, you know, my brain is going to kick it into high gear. It's going to get emotional as fuck. Like, what do I do to avoid this? 
and it'll get logical as, as well. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm overusing those words right now, and I realize that. But um, it'll, it'll depend on your circumstance. If you know for a fact that you're you're going to die, like it makes no sense in trying to land the plane when the fucking steering wheel is off or something. The pilot's dead. Like, oh no, this is going down, and it's like ten seconds. We're hitting a mountain. In that in that scenario, logic goes out the window. Like nothing matters. You can't. There's nothing you can do to work your way out of it. If, if you're like in a, uh, like a basement and the water is slowly rising. Okay. There's plenty of time to get super logical and to think of ways to get out of it. But, and yeah, I don't see emotion really playing a part like me trying to get on my knees real quick to, to thank God or to like beg God, like, please, if you're real, fucking help me out, bro. No, it's me. Like I, I would not even be thinking about that. I would only exclusively be thinking about how the fuck do I get out of here and what can I do right now? Like I have maybe five minutes to figure this out, you know, but also I've never been in a situation like that, that, but that's what I assume how it would play out. Could be wrong. We'll see. But I definitely see myself as one of those guys to just like all atheists actually believe in God because you would you would what are you gonna do? I'm trying to do a Jordan Peterson impression, but I'm coming off more as a a more incelly Jordan Peterson. But it's more of a Kermit, I guess. Like, nah, I'm not even gonna try. But what is it the same? I'll definitely be that guy. And that's the thing that a lot of Christians like to say, like, atheists only think they don't believe in God, but they behave as if they do. So, in reality, we actually do believe in God. Maybe there is a degree of truth in it, but but here's my thing. Okay, I'll give you a small portion of that. I'll, I'll give you a small portion of credit for that argument. Because I... I definitely see myself doing something like that. But 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 the way it is is that even if I do do that, if I make some last-ditch effort to pray to God or something, so like deep down maybe I, I just... It's not necessarily that I know he's real or that I believe he's real. It's that I, I fucking want him to be real, obviously. If I'm going to die, I want that to be real for sure. But that doesn't necessarily mean you believe in it, you know? Like, <clears throat> like with all the shit I know now in my life, me not believing in God is not an emotional response. A lot of Christians like to think, oh, you don't believe in God because maybe you had a shitty life, maybe you feel like you were treated unfairly. And some people stop believing in God because of that. They're, they're basing their belief off of emotions in that context whenever they they feel like their life has been shitty like what has god done for me you know we we know a few people like that i don't think i ever viewed god as that way it's always been more of like what does the evidence show us and as of now the evidence shows us nothing to support that god exists and then they'll say it's about faith and yada yada but 
that's kind of a cop out. Not, but also I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I'm better off for not believing in God. I feel like life would be a little easier if I did. And then people would say, like, okay, then why not just reconvert? Because it's not like you can just abandon all you see in that field. <laughs> like, it's not that, it's not, I'm not just going to automatically stop believing in evolution or the fact that the universe is so fucking huge. So, like, why is God focusing on earth when there's all this shit you know like i'm not gonna stop believing in those things because the evidence gives me no reason to stop believing in it um so it's like okay maybe i in a way could convert back to christianity but it's also like in the back of my head i still know it's bullshit like any sort of reason to reconvert is purely emotional. It's just to make my life feel safer. But the illusion that it is safer, I would assume is a good thing to interpret the world as if it is safer. That obviously, like, yeah, you're kind of deluded in a way, but it's working in your favor. That's why religious people tend to live longer. Because they have more optimism. You know, they think they know everything's going to be okay. Not that it will. But if you believe it, and really believe it, you're going to behave as if it's true. And sometimes that's all that matters. That's when emotion is successful. And that it kind of goes back to my original, what I was originally saying, which is like, that's sort of how we made it this far, was our emotions. But it was translated through our logic because we we have been able to come up with language and interpretation of certain things. Man, I'm about to hit 30 minutes again. Well, in 10 minutes I will. But yeah, like that that's an argument for religion in the most logical way. In in realizing that yeah, it a lot of it's mostly emotions supporting this belief system but it works you know that's the thing it it works religious people do live longer and a lot of that could be just because you're you're talking you're going to this place where other people are and you're just congregating and you're more social by default and we're social animals so we live longer when we have a good click and uh, that's something else that it feels like my generation is the loneliest generation. From, from the way old people describe their young lives to like the data that you're seeing lately, it, it seems that, yeah, people, generations are getting lonelier and lonelier, more isolated less like smaller groups of friends and I would sort of put myself in that category like I don't feel like I have an extreme social life and a lot of people sort of see that as a badge of honor like oh yeah like I'm a I'm a loner 
I'm just there's so many memes about like just being on your couch. Like, I don't want to go anywhere. Ha. <laughs> it's funny. It's relatable. Ha. Huh? But uh, they, you are sacrificing something. Like everything you do in life involves a sacrifice, involves some kind of trade off, and with having less friends in your life, that is a detriment to your mental health, whether you want to accept it or not. And obviously it's a spectrum again. We all have a different threshold. I like to think I can sustain myself longer without friends than most people because I'm naturally more introverted and, but not in a meme kind of way. Like in my biology, even my mom said I was a quiet baby. And that, that's interesting to me. <clears throat> Compared to my brothers, I was the quiet baby. Um, and it kind of shows now I'm the quiet brother. The quiet sibling. And uh, where was I going with this? So I feel like whatever my thing is with people, it's a me thing. It's not like a cultural thing. I'm sure culture exacerbates it a little bit for sure but i think a lot of it is kind of just my personality so maybe my threshold without seeing a person is a month but maybe the average is like a week or two you know like suicides went up during covid when everyone's just in their apartments and uh you could argue that that was more of a detriment to the population than COVID was like the suicide and all that shit. But that's another argument, but people, you know, but people got lonely. People were by themselves a lot and suicide went up. I don't think that's a complete coincidence. Where's I going with this? I don't know. Like I can, I can go a long time without talking to a person, but even I know that eventually I'm going to have to talk to another person or I will go crazy. I Something bad will happen if I, if I don't see another person. Um, that's when my road trip really took off back in 2017. I went like a solid month without really talking to anyone. And I was just traveling from state to state, staying there a few days at a time. But there's a, a period where... I wasn't talking to anybody. I was maybe interacting with the Planet Fitness people at the front desk or just it was mostly Planet Fitness people or saying hi to people on a hike. But it wasn't like I'm chilling with someone for a couple days and getting to know them on a personal level. That wasn't until the second half of my road trip. And a lot of it was influenced by the first half of my road trip where I got super lonely. And there was this incident where I was camping, and I was next to this couple that was also camping. But they were just having a fun time talking to each other. They were laughing so much. It was just the two of them. And it made me cry. Because at this point, I was like a month without really talking to anyone. And I didn't realize how lonely I was until I was listening to them talk. And... I, I I was eavesdropping. I was listening to every word they were saying. I am slowly exposing myself. 
yes, I was completely listening in on their conversation. But I wasn't like sneaking up closer to them. I was in my tent and they were where they were. But they were they were talking loud enough to where I could hear them. So I like unzipped my tent a little bit and just watched them. I was like literally watching them for like 10 or 20 minutes. Just jealous of this conversation they're having. It wasn't any like like conversation to learn from. It was just people were just they're just talking shit. They were just being friends and lovers, but mostly friends. And it was that it was sort of a turning point for me like okay, I'm on this road trip. I'm having fun by myself, but also like when I look back at other times in my life where I did something kind of fun and exciting, a big part of that were the people you met. And uh, I didn't realize that until I was listening on their conversation. And then the second half, like a whole another month of traveling, I met a lot of people. I got to know so many people and I'm still friends with them. I, I regularly, not regularly, but I have on a few occasions reconnected with my Ukrainian friend and I met him on the road trip and we got to know each other. We ended up traveling together for probably two weeks until he uh, got on a plane to Japan. And he's sort of why I'm in the position I am now. Like he had a big influence on my life. Now that I think about it, I like, I got into coding because of him. I, dedicated seven months of learning several languages and how to build websites and you could trace that back to him and that is why i'm currently talking to you on my laptop in oregon in september of 2022 because of him like if i didn't meet him this incident would not be taking place right now and that's kind of cool but yeah, I learned a lot about myself on that road trip where I'm not as much of a loner as I wanted to like brand myself as. Like I genuinely needed to reconnect with people. Like it wasn't a want, it was a need. And this is coming from like a bona fide introvert where some of my favorite days are when I am absolutely alone. And I don't get a whole lot of those as much anymore. But I value the fuck out of them. Probably more than most people. No, I don't know. Everyone everyone loves a good lonesome day. Not a lonely day, just a lonesome day. Where it's just you and you're doing whatever the fuck you want. But, man, I remember... I'm going to have to re-record here in a second, too, because... Got a minute left, but I remember leaving Oregon for the first time in 2020 and going home to Texas. And my mom, I was gonna, the plan was to be in Texas for like maybe a month or two and then go hike the Appalachian Trail. I mentioned this before like COVID hit and planes were getting, flights were getting canceled and I couldn't fly to Georgia to start my trail. Maybe it's for the best. Who knows? But there's a a lull period before that where I was going to visit 
home, work a little bit, get a little more money before I head out. And then I would go hike the Appalachian Trail. But there's this period where my mom was living with her. Were they married at the time? I believe so. Here, I'm just going to wait for this clock to run out and then I'll get back to you right about now. I'm back. But there was this period where my I, they were married at the time. My mom was married to her new husband and they but she was living she wasn't living so they were they both had their houses still. Like each of them still had the house that they were living in. But uh my mom was staying at his place. At, right now, he he ended up selling the house, but they live on the farm where I lived as a teenager. And uh, but at the time, they still had both the houses. My mom was staying at his house for most of the week, <clears throat> so there's a lot of time where I was just alone on the farm. And the the first day when I realized, oh, like, I've been living with two other people in a two-bedroom apartment. I was living in the living room. So privacy was kind of non-existent. Um, I, I, had, I did what I could with bed sheets. I would, like, hang them on the ceiling to try to make a barrier. But you could only do so much with bed sheets. So, yeah. But I didn't realize how little privacy I had until I moved back to Texas for a little bit. And my first day back when I'm just alone in this house, it was, it just hit me like, Oh my God, I'm alone. Like genuinely alone. Like no one else is in this house. And it was awesome. It's not to say that I hated living with my roommates. I loved it, but I didn't realize how much I needed to be alone until I was alone. And I, it was just a week of just, I fucking love this. This is the best. I'm like, this feeling's going to last forever. But after about a week of that, uh, it began to dwindle down. Like, obviously, you get used to lifestyles very easily. Like, humans adapt quickly to new ways of living. So it eventually died out. And it got to a point like, okay, it's time to start saying hi to people again. And that's what I did. But it's good to to know that about yourself. Um, that's about all I have to discuss. Um, I don't think there's anything worth editing out. So I think I'm I'm gonna stop. I've been doing this for an hour now, so I think this was a good episode. I'm probably gonna put an ad in between where the episodes cut out. That'll be a good spot for it. So. Cool. Dope sauce on a biscuit. Maybe there's something I can think of. Oh yeah, let me let me talk about work for a little bit. So as I'm looking for a coding job, uh I have I still have to pay rent because I I was coding in Texas, then I moved here to Oregon because I could not stand fucking being in Texas for much longer. Uh but was where's it going with this? Yeah. So I had to find a job to make rent. And I currently work at this junk removal company called the Junk Luggers. We go to people's houses and we take the shit they don't want anymore. 
And a lot of times it's just trash. It's like just, there's a lot of hoarder homes, hoarder jobs where people just, I have never seen houses like it's this. It's kind of a cool job because you see things, you see ways of living that you would not see in just your day to day. I mean, some of you live like this because I've been into your house, but a lot of us don't live like this where there's just, there's a few houses where there's just trash cans don't exist in the house. The the floor is the trash can and it, it just piles up and piles up. And it's like, how, like, what the fuck? Like, how did this happen? How did you make this happen? Like, at what point, like, when was rock bottom for you to have to call us to, to say like, Hey, you need to get all this shit out of the house. I can't walk anymore. It's amazing how bad it can get with some people on just collecting things. Not even like on a, like maybe I'll need it someday. It's just like, I I just, here's this. And I'm, it's kind of like, I have a thing where I'll drink something in my car and throw it on the passenger seat. And it'll just kind of build up. Like over time, I just have this little tiny mountain in my passenger seat car and the passenger seat floorboard of my car. And eventually, I'm like, okay, it's time. It's time to pick these up. Because in my head, I know, like, okay, uh, I'm just gonna let it. Build. It's gonna build for a little bit, then I'll pick it up all at once. It'll take like two minutes, or not even two minutes. Probably like thirty seconds. Like I know that in my head, so it kind of it. It sort of allows more justification for not doing it right now, because I know it's just gonna take thirty seconds to do. So. That's sort of how I rationalize it in my head to not worry about it now. But I wonder if it it's like that, but on a grand scale of being in a house and you just like, fuck, it's so bad. It's so dirty. It's amazing. Like, I'm not even like necessarily because I see this enough at this point. To where, like, I'm, I'm not judging you. I'm just amazed at, like, how bad it is. I'm not disgusted. I mean, some of these places are disgusting, for sure, where there's needles and, like, it's bad. But I'm more amazed than I am disgusted. Like, how did it, how did this happen? Who was not here to tell you that you can't be doing this? It was amazing. Um, but the shitty part is that you have to pick all that shit up and it takes forever sometimes. Like, I don't know how big our trucks are, but they're like tow trucks and our box trucks, whatever. Uh, the, the back is maybe 12 feet in length and maybe not even six feet in width. Like it, it's... And in in height, maybe about five feet or so. So you can fit quite a bit. You can, like, fill up half a garage for the most part. Like, maybe a quarter of a garage. 
you could fit, I think the, the thing was like 14 washing machines could go inside of the truck. I think that's the max. I could be wrong on that. But, so you can fit quite a bit, for sure. But it's just, you have to, you have to pick it up. And, uh, but the other cool thing about this job is that, for one, you get tips. So, like, I'm making like 17 an hour, but with tips... It, it, you, it, it should be coming out to like 20 an hour with tips and I'm only working part-time like three days a week, but I can usually muster between 25 to 30 hours a week, which is nice. Um, but it, it's enough to pay rent and that's all I need enough to pay rent and to occasionally, you know, I'm doing CrossFit right now as well, which is like 160 months, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. I want to finish what I do for work right now. Uh, another cool thing about this job, the tips for sure, but also um, if there's something you like that you want to keep, you can keep it. It's great. It's fucking awesome. Like I, the shit I found on my job that I'm, that I currently have, like it's mine now. Uh, I have these two shelves for my TV. It's, it's like a TV stand. I, but there's like, cubbies in it cubby holes where i can like put shit in so i'm like stacking things i'm keeping them nice and organized i have a bookshelf for my books i have a a portrait uh, a picture like a panorama picture of arches national park it's like a frame let's see what else do i get um oh i found a nintendo 64 i found a playstation 2 and i found a nintendo 3ds like, and they all work. They fucking work. It's great. <laughs> like people sometimes just get rid of things and it's not that they're broken or they're junk. It's just, I don't want it anymore. Maybe I'm moving. Maybe I got a PS5, so I'm getting rid of the PS2 or, you know, so a lot of times you're not just doing hoarder homes. You're doing just people who are moving or they just have too much stuff and they, they want to, Oh, that's the thing. We, we try to donate what we can, like, it doesn't all go to the, the landfill. Like the, we, that's sort of our, the brand of junk luggers is that's what kind of makes us different than everyone else is we try to donate or recycle as much as possible. So we do take a lot of donating donatable stuff, but if you really like it, you can keep it. I also have a globe in my room, which I admit is kind of overkill. Like, okay, this is getting to be a bit much. I'm getting to a point where I don't have enough shit. Then I'm going to have to hire junk luggers to take the shit that I took from junk luggers. <laughs> like, it, it can get that bad. Like, okay, I get why people call us now. Sometimes you just get shit, and it's great. I found a stack full of books. Some of them are great. Some of them I haven't heard of, but look interesting enough to take. Uh, like the last job I did a couple days ago, this dude, he, half of his stuff was books. Like half of what got filled up in the truck was just boxes of books. And apparently there's some guy, he, he died and we uh, came to, take all of his stuff away and to donate most of them, like all the books, they had to get like these big ass totes for us to dump the books in like so many books. 
so many books. I was like, there's no fucking way you read all these books. No fucking way you could have read all these books. I don't buy it for a second. But maybe he was just a guy who, like, understood the value of just having books in your house. Uh, there Apparently, there, there is some merit to it. Like, just the presence of books. Whether you read them or not, just the presence of them. It sort of subconsciously makes you smarter. Because you feel smarter by having books. So in a way, it just, it kind of, it's sort of like a, like a, like a perk point in Skyrim or something. Like, oh, I, I found this perk in the book. Like, I learned a skill just by opening this book. So, like, um, I'm stronger because of it now. It's kind of like that, but in real life. Like, just by having these books here, you get just a tiny bit smarter by default. It's, yeah, it's weird. It's it's probably not a huge margin, but it it's there. But where does it go with this? Yeah, this guy had so many books. And according to his sister, it was like not even half of the books. Like they tried to get rid of most of them, but uh, they're like, okay, we can't keep doing this. He was a chemist. This brother was who died. So a lot of the books were like chemistry books. But a lot of it was just novels, like The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I took that one. I took uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. The rest of the books, I couldn't, I couldn't even like go through them. Like there were so many. I it would have took it would have took us five hours if I wanted to go through every single box of books. Like I'm sure I could have found some gems in there, but I just for the sake of time and Saving everyone else's time, I, I could not go through those books. But I found the ones that were, like, just on top, where I could just see right away. And I got two books out of that, so that's a, that's a win for me. But, uh, where was I going with this? Yeah, that's, that's my job. And it, it's nice. The boss is super attractive. She doesn't know I have this podcast, so she won't know that I'm talking about her this way. Nor do my coworkers know, but my boss is crazy beautiful. And but she's married, so not even gonna hint at trying something. <clears throat> also, she's my boss. You don't shit where you eat. You don't. You don't like fuck the hand that feeds you, <laughs> or whatever. However the saying goes, but um, what's it called? She's great. She's nice, super reasonable, and attractive. That's just an added thing. My coworkers are cool. It's a it's a it's a nice chill job. I get to go in people's homes. Sometimes they're mansions, and sometimes they're like storage units that got filled to the brim with uh, with needles and just hobo type stuff. Uh, there's that too. It's a it's a it's a wide spectrum of jobs. But it, it's, it's, I learned a lot. It's cool. Um, I did have like this coding instructor job that I was doing in the summer, but now that school's, it's with kids. So like now that school started up, there's not much attendance and I'm not needed as much. <clears throat> but what else? Uh, I recently joined a CrossFit gym. It's like 160 a month. Uh, 
But it's nice. Oops. Um, it's cool. I've only gone to like two. Like it, I just joined. Like I've only had two classes. Like two full classes. But it's kicking my ass. Uh, I I sweat a lot. I join a dodgeball league as well. I do that every Sunday. That's fun. I have a lot of fun at dodgeball. It's it's a great workout too, because now we're we're doing this league thing where we have like four teams on the gym floor at a time, and like two are competing with each other. So we have like two games going on, and they're divided by like a big ass volleyball net looking thing, and um, it's fun. It's intense. Like try playing dodgeball with half a court, and like no place to to run to it's intense it's laser focus and the the games go quick because it's like maybe three people a team and uh it's super intense and it's super you're you're constantly moving it's great and every time one team wins you switch to the other side and you do this for like nine minutes until the amount of times one team won you know but yeah super fun People are cool. We go to a bar afterwards and all shoot the shit. It's great. This is me being more active in Eugene than I was the first time I lived here. So I made a promise to myself, like, okay, Eugene's not the best place we've lived. But right now, it makes sense to come back here if we're going to move anywhere right now. Because we just graduated from a boot camp. Just been seven months living on the farm, not paying rent, but also not having a job. Just doing 12 hours of coding every day. So I wasn't making an income. And a guy's moving away where I could immediately take his spot and start paying rent in a house. It's a house where I'm paying. My rent is cut in half than when it was when I was in Utah. So it just makes so much sense in so many ways to move back here. I already know the person that I'm rooming with. It's great. Um, where was I going with this? But yeah, I told myself, um, but if I'm going to move back, I'm going to be more involved in the city. I'm going to do more city boy shit where I'm going to join like some league. I, but for some reason it was always dodgeball that I wanted to join. They have kickball, which is cool, frisbee, um, other. There's like this hiking group where they meet up at Spencer Butte. That would be kind of cool, but I, yeah, maybe. We'll see. I can still do that because I, I do still try to hike regularly. But mainly the dodgeball and the CrossFit are like the new things. I would like to go out more, but also it's getting to a point where like, okay, Oh, yeah. I also have a Regal membership. I go to the movies like five times a month minimum. This month was six, but average five. Um, I do that a lot. <laughs> that's at least once a week going to the movies. Uh, that's fun. It's like 18 bucks a month, but you get unlimited movies at Regal. It's great. You get discounts on candy, but I try not to buy stuff when I'm there because like, I'm, I'm here a lot. Five times going to the movies a month is quite a bit, especially for money wise. Cause like, yeah, the tickets or whatever, but like the candy, that's where they, you break the bank. Um, so yeah, 
And also, it's not healthy to just always get a big-ass soda. The small sodas at Regal are still big. The small popcorns. I never finish popcorn at a movie. I don't know anyone who, like, finishes a large popcorn, let alone a small. Like, people are fucking freaks. Like, I don't know how... Like, I'm a pig outside of the movies. I, I come home, I can eat a whole bag of hot Cheetos with no effort. But popcorn at the movies kicks my ass. So I, I, I just don't even buy it at this point. Unless it's free. Because you do get, like, perks being a member. But... Um, but I'm doing that. I'm going to the movies five times a week, five times a month. I'm doing CrossFit. I'm going to try to do it at least three times a week. And dodgeball is every Sunday. And I'm coding. So that takes a lot of time out of my day. And I'm working three days out of the week. Sometimes four, mostly three. So my day-to-day is pretty busy. I try, I'm still like, I'm... I didn't read the whole time I was doing the boot camp, so I'm trying to get back into reading. I'm 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 I like I'm at, I'm at five books this year. I would like to read twenty. As long as I can get ten, I'll be happy. But twenty is kind of the goal, even though I started like after half of the year began. <clears throat> it was like June, so whenever that is, month six, yeah. But um. What else? I'm trying to learn German right now as well. So I'll put aside like 20, 30 minutes a day just trying to learn German. That's fun. Trying to get back into music. That one's been a little harder to to get back into, to just sit down and play the guitar. I'm sort of at a lull point with guitar where like I know some shit. I'm just kind of playing the stuff I've been doing the last few years and it's getting hard to like play something new. So or learn something new. Uh, so I'm trying to see what I could do with that. Like maybe not guitar, but maybe piano. Cause I have my keyboard that I haven't really sat down yet to play since Utah. I also have garage band. I'm trying to do something with music to put in my daytime stuff. I got a schedule going where like in the morning I'll code for maybe four to five hours. Then I'll go work out, have lunch, read for an hour take a small break, learn German for an hour, uh, try to do something with music. No, I would learn German for 30 minutes and then try to do something with music for about 30 minutes as well. And then have like two hours of free time to do whatever the fuck. And then listen to Audible for an hour. And that's that's usually what I'm doing on days that I'm off work. And if it's Sunday, add dodgeball at the end of the day. Um, also had my roommate put a lot of restrictions on my phone, uh, like sc- screen time stuff. Like I'm only allowed to be on Instagram or social media for 30 minutes. Like all the social media combined, it would be 30 minutes. <clears throat> um, what else? Not allowed to look at adult content on the internet regarding boobies and vaginas and penises just because you know it's too stimulating and it's easy to look at especially on when i'm bored and kind of have nothing to do i'm on my free time schedule um yeah it's just it's just a sort of 
and the fact that you know it, it's it's habit forming and it's you're conditioning yourself to do a certain thing when you're bored or you're, when you're in a low period so it's just good to just block it altogether so there's that what else 30 minutes of youtube youtube's a tough one because like <clears throat> there's a lot of value in youtube there's also a lot of shit in it as well but it's so hard to monitor or filter stuff out through youtube i wish there was a way but as far as i can tell just limiting myself time wise is the best way to do it but yeah a lot of restrictions on my phone now and but it's passcode protected and only he knows the passcode i don't know it so if i wanted to f change some rules i can't so i have to obey the screen time restrictions and because I don't trust myself enough to not do, to do it on my own. Like, I don't think I have the discipline to to respect the rules <clears throat> because I wasn't respecting the rules. I, for the longest time, I did have like a, a passcode timeout on social media. Like, okay, you've been on Instagram for an hour. Time to get off. But then I'll just ignore the get off button. Like, I'll just like remind me later, whatever the fuck. But now I can't do that. It has it's passcode protected. So like once it once I used up all my minutes, I we're done. I can't do it. So it teaches you how to use it wisely and when you could be doing something else. So that's good. And it's important to realize that sometimes you can't do this on your own. Sometimes you need your hand forced by someone else <clears throat> where you have no control over the the rules you can make the rules uh but then once they're set like you have to obey them and maybe modify them as needed like i've had to do that many times but now we're at a point where like okay we got this figured out and it's working so far that's my life i'm just trying to be a little more disciplined and have more stuff going on in my day and one thing i learned with creating the schedule for myself and limiting my phone time, I learned that there's a lot of stuff you can get done in the day. Like it's amazing how little time you need to learn something new and how little time it takes to, to solve a certain problem, especially for me in particular with coding. But you quickly realize that you can get like maybe like five essential things done in a day and have your, like, okay, like everything on my calendar is good. I did laundry. I did this. I did that. I did this stuff while I was doing laundry. And then like the kind of the the miscellaneous, like learn German or play music or go to the movies. Like you quickly learn there's a lot of free time left in a day for you to kind of just do whatever. And that's usually the period where why I would need to have porn blocked is because, okay, like I'm laying here. Like, I, I don't want that to be a, an option, an option to cure my boredom. I want like podcasting or something to be an option. Like I'm like, I'm enjoying doing this podcast, which it's about to hit an hour and a half, which is bonkers. I think that might be the limiter, honestly. So I may cut off here pretty quickly, but yeah, that's, that's my life right now. 
and uh, life's good so far. So, yeah, I'll, I'll cut it short just so we get we hit an hour and a half. But yeah, that's my life. I'm glad you you if you if you're still listening, bless you. Thank you. I don't know who you are, but I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're along for the ride. But yeah, I promise not to be as high next time. I'll still probably get high, but not as high. Okay, cool. Peace out.